think I'm doing those eyes. <laughs> I think I'm in love. It was terrifying. The pain, the, the fear of being eaten. I was drowning at the same time. I just accepted that I was going to die. Was there a bit of fandom for you when he came on? Oh, huge. And I did not try to hide. <laughs> did not try to hide at all. Out of the Box with Serge Negus on FBI. Massive thanks to Alex Pye for the epic morning of Sydney Music and Culture News. If you missed anything she played, you can jump online and head to fbiradio.com to catch up on mornings or any other program here on FBI Radio. Now, my guest on the show today is someone who represents in many ways the face of modern Australia. He's a Nigerian-born migrant who moved here at about 10 months old with his family before finding fame on shows like So You Think You Can Dance, Australia's Got Talent, and at the top of the ARIA charts is a very serious pop star. But now he's moving in a slightly different direction, including a new theatre production called In the Heights. His name is Tim Amaji, but you'd probably know him as Tim Amatic. Mate, Tim, thanks for coming on the show. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Now, look, you migrated to Australia super young with your family. Yes. But what was it that led your family to come to Australia from Nigeria? Uh, my dad actually got a, a scholarship um, to come out to, to Canberra and to study uh, for university. And so um, he ended up getting his master's in uh, criminology and sociology. Very, very wow. smart. Very, yeah. Wow. Very switched on individual. So, um, yeah, he brought us over. There was uh, three of us at the time, um, and I was 10 months old. Um, and uh, that that's the reason why, man. That is so fascinating. And so, yeah. what like, you, what was your dad doing when he was in Nigeria? Like, well, who was, was he working with? Government? Where was he working? Yeah, well, he was working... Um, he was working, he really has stayed in the educational kind of sector of things for most of his life. So he was lecturing, he got out of school and he pretty much started teaching straight away. He did a bit of military stuff as well, um, but always around academia. That was, his, that was his bag. And so when you, when you came out here, like, yeah. I mean, what was it first like when you moved out? Like, do, do you have very early memories of, of yeah, Australia? Yeah, it was squashed. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much like us in Canberra and in a flat in, I think, a two, maybe three-bedroom flat and with four kids and two parents. And it was, it wow. was a great time to, to grow up together as a family. We were, we, we were very close and we had no choice. Yeah. Um, it was a struggle, man. I, I knew, I knew that my parents struggled, but they, they didn't, it didn't let in, it didn't dampen their spirit of how they, how they lived. You of know course. what I mean? Like they really kind of were very passionate about life and were, were you know, our family have a strong faith in God. So that was very much a big part of upbringing and music would bring us together as well. So was it a creative family in that regard? Did you like, did your parents play music a lot or? They did. Um, my father um, played the guitar. My mum would sing. Um, I I grew up playing uh, percussion. I wanted to play drums, but my brother got that. Nice. So uh, I grew up playing percussion, and my sisters would sing and play and play the piano. That's so awesome. So where, yeah. would you guys just do this? Like you were saying, you were in these cramped little houses. Would yeah. you guys just get around in the evening yeah, and just punch much. out the tunes? My dad would just just bust out the guitar. We'd all kind of come around and and. Uh, yeah, and just, just get into it. That's it was, so it amazing. Cool. I mean, cool. I've, I've, I can imagine that would have had a pretty big impact on you. Like, it seems kind of yeah. natural that you've ended up going in, going into the creative world and into the music world yourself. Like, yeah. how early on did you, I guess, start to feel like, oh, I want to perform or I want to make music? Um, really early on, man. Like, um, probably like nine, ten years old. Um, again, like, growing up in a, a Nigerian household, there's a lot of 
vibrancy, a lot of music, and um, and then always going to church every week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like you know, I I always had a yearning to kind of be on stage and to kind of perform. Mm-hmm. So um, of of a young age, um, it was like dancing and sports. That's great. That's my thing. And I mean, so coming here as a Nigerian family and going yeah. to churches here and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, was it, um, I guess, like the same sort of scenario as you experienced back in Nigeria? Or were you guys standing out in the way that you kind of were <laughs> getting into the, the song we, yeah. and the prayer and just really I going mean, for it? Was yeah, it, we stood out. Like, because I could imagine the Aussies would have been a bit, bit more conservative yeah, when it comes to the way they go to yeah. church, right? <laughs> you know? Maybe not out. as fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is just not like we're in Sydney or Melbourne. Where, where you know, there's, there's probably a bigger you know African population, mm. but it was Canberra, and we stood out. And like, <laughs> I remember my dad would always kind of get up. They always inviting up because it was the most vibrant. He'd be like, "Ladies and gentlemen." This is not a spectator spot. <laughs> when we perform for you, get up on your feet and dance. And I'd be like, ah, it'd be, it'd be a, a moment. That's so great. <laughs> just being like a bit of the gospel exactly. to send you into camera. Exactly. It's so amazing. Yeah. And so I guess you, you said you moved around quite yeah. a lot, I guess, when you got here. So you were in Canberra and then where else did you go? Uh, Perth mm-hmm. after that for like eight years. Wow. Um, and then Darwin. How's After Darwin? That. I love Darwin. You love Darwin? Darwin's a great place. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you you have you 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 must be warm blooded. I am warm blooded. I also I am love as well. I love cold blooded things. I love oh, snakes really? and reptiles and crocodiles. Oh, so. look, well, there you go. Yeah, You're yeah. home. Exactly. I, I, I loved I loved Darwin, man. I, I think it was cool. It was a, a a cool three years of my life. I I kind of really stepped up my dancing there. And um I met a good group of people um, awesome. that I kind of connected with dance-wise, so that was important. Fantastic. Yeah. You're listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is Tim Amaji. He is someone who you probably know as Tim Amatic. Yeah. made himself in this world by doing some incredible dancing, some incredible pop music. But look, we're going to play a song, getting onto the music, and what are you going to play as your number one, do you think, today? My number one song I'm going to play will be Do What You Want. Uh, the Afrobeat remix. I did this last year, dropped it last year, and I got some two incredible artists, Alicia Imura and Project Peters, to jump on it as well. And um, this is this is a song that really pays homage to where I'm from, um, Nigeria, and and it's a great great beat, very upbeat and uh, self produced. So here you go.
Cause you've been over the flow I give you more Can you keep up with a real one like me Holding it down like you never been I just wanna love you Be the one to Come and touch you Right now Baby I just wanna run it Listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Negus, and my guest on the show today is dancer, pop star, performer Tim Amaji. Now, when your family first moved to Australia, like you moved around a lot. I mean, I mean, yep. can imagine as well. There's probably quite a few hardships that come with growing up as a migrant family in Australia. I mean, what were the things that really, really hit home for you in that regard? Um, I mean, you know, obviously, when you're young, the majority of your life is, is spent in school, and being the only black kid in school was an adjustment at best you know what i mean it's like you're not just focusing on studies or making friends you're focusing on where you are where you're focusing on fitting in Mm. as well and and working out how not understanding why you're getting treated differently you know because obviously in your own head you are who you are you didn't choose that you know what i mean you are that so to kind of go into this environment where people are kind of looking at you and making remarks and just kind of singling you out um, was an adjustment. But um, I was really grateful that I had I had folks, I had parents that made me understand very quickly at a very young age that being unique was was powerful. Totally. Yeah. And, and and that that was meant it was meant to be like that. And and you were meant to be a leader and not a follower. So um Man, it was it was uh, it was an experience, but you know, I had a younger sister um, as well, a year younger. That that would she would we probably for the most part we'd be in primary school together, and um, it was it was cool to just kind of I got along with it. I think at the beginning I was a bit insecure about the whole thing, and then mm. it was like, nah, you know, what, this is what it is. I'm just gonna do my thing and do it well. Were there particular things, I guess, that were you know, like I guess particularly ignorant racist based things that would happen yeah. to you just that were the same wherever you went that can you can kind of highlight to us to give us an example of what it yeah. is actually like 
I mean, just basic things like just, just, just not people not knowing ignorance and just, you know, um, ah, oh, Tim doesn't need to wear sunscreen. You know, well, yeah, his skin's yeah. black. You know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of like, what? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Skin is skin. Um, um, things like that. Um, it, it, but it was weird because as I grew up, though, you know, there'd be things like that that would happen or people would would have the courage to drop the N-bomb. Yeah, yeah wow. at me. And, and wow. they saw what happened after that. <laughs> Um, the, yeah, the courage soon went away. Uh, <laughs> Fair um, but but it was the strangest thing that happened that around year nine, year eight, year nine, it was like 50 Cent or oh, people like that became really big. Yeah, right. And black right. became the fashion. Cool, you know, yeah. oh, but he's a black guy. He's a black. You know what I mean? This <laughs> so weird, weird tension from the ladies started to happen. Oh, no way. Man, you know, hey, man, can we be friends with you? I was like, what? I'm the same guy. What is this? That is classic. Uh, so that was that was really interesting t- to live through. But uh, see, but even there, yeah. still kind of being, in a way, ostracized. Yeah, it's still wow. different. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, so always having this attention. But you know, you learn very quickly how to, um, you know, how to operate in it and how mm. to kind of just, you know, how to how to be you and find out who you are. And do you think that this is like a like a common experience for for migrants in Australia? Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, for the most part, we live in a country where media-wise, it's very much changed now because everyone's kind of glued to their phones in terms of how they experience media. But for the most part, growing up for me, and for a lot of kids for the last until like maybe two years ago, people watch TV obviously as a group experience, and you would seldom see. Um, a dark per- person, let alone an African person, in a position of influence on TV, it just didn't happen. Mm. And so, as a kid, you don't realize that in other countries where Africans are quite predominant, it's normal to see Africans on TV. Like it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, so to 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 kind of live and and then travel and to experience that this is a little weird. Like, yeah. like just to see not many cultures at all yeah. on TV. Um, so to, to grow up like that was, was interesting. Um, but it, it really pushed me to kind of, you know, to, to break that mold, you know what I mean? And so I'm really fortunate to have, uh, you know, friends and family coming up to me saying, hey, because of, you know, they use they don't come to they come to my sister or to my mom like oh, because of what your son or your brother's doing, my son feels like there's a place for him here. Awesome. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, and, and I, 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 um, yeah, man, I cherish that. It's cool. It's amazing. We can only hope for more. That's what I say. Yes. Now look on in the context of that. What, what are we going to play here, do you reckon? What's next song you're going to put on for us today? What is next? Uh, Okay, let's let's give him let's give him some old school. Let's go with you don't have to call my man Usher, very big influence of mine, and and just an incredible artist. Yo, after the night, <laughs> don't leave your girl around me. True player for real. Ask my nigga for real. Uh. Come on. Be smart about it 
celebrations with the guys I sacrificed Cause I knew you could not sleep without it Meanwhile Out of the box on FBR Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today is musician, dancer, and performer Tim Amaji. Now, speaking about you, you're this kind of multidisciplinary artist. You know, yeah. you've got the music, you've got the dance. But what what came first for you? 
Uh, the dancing. Okay. Dancing where, was where, a gift. And was that from the church, or where was it, where was it mainly coming from? From you? That that came from watching Michael Jackson videos, man. Like <laughs> nice, nice. that was like I would watch Mike, and and I could just do certain moves he did, like without practicing, and and it was quite freakish. I, it just made sense to me very quickly. So I would, uh, yeah, I'd always put on Michael Jackson tapes and CDs and just dance for hours and hours. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. It was just a gift. It just, I just, I just heard music differently. I, I could just react to it. I think there's a, I think I digress a little bit, but I think there's a very special, it's a very special life to live as a dancer when you can hear a music and translate it through your body. Totally. That's magic, man. Totally. That is like, that's magic. And for it to not be taught to you, for it to just come, it's a gift. So. It's such an interesting thing as well because it's it innately feels so good, and I think yeah. the way everyone dances. It, yeah. It, but what do you? What do you, uh, Something that I find really interesting is like I used yep. to do a lot of like hip hop and break dance when I was like a little kid, right? Right. And then like you hit this kind of self conscious point in your <laughs> life where things change. Yes. And I think it's a fascinating thing to think about because it's like why do people get to a certain age and suddenly stop yeah. feeling like they can lose their inhibitions and do this? Like as someone yeah. who's a dancer, yeah. what can you say to people out there who maybe did a little bit of dance when they're younger and then stopped doing it because they felt too self conscious? I, I know. I mean, one of the great tragedies of life is that we we lose our kid like courage and our kid like creativity where you just try. Without worrying, it wasn't about what anyone else thought. You didn't care. It was about how you felt. So I, I would say to people out there, go back to how you, if, it, if you feel good, you know, just go do it. Screw the rest. Like, if, if, it, if it gets you going, if it gets, your, gets the goosebumps going and, and, you, and you love it and, and it makes you feel a certain type of way, go do it. Of course. And I mean, when did you then next like take the step into kind of, I guess, the musical side of things, like yeah. really seriously in the sense of like writing music? When, yeah. when did that kind of come for you? That was, uh, I, I could start, I started to write lyrics and songs before I could really sing. So that was around 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And I would write songs and I would give them to my sister. My sisters are incredible singers, uh, both of them. But I give them to my younger sister and she would sing them. Um, that's cool it's a nice like family collaborative yeah it experience. is it was it was very cool singing was not a gift <laughs> singing I had to work for and uh, I went to school for it I, I just loved uh, the magic of what singers would do to people you know and how you know as dance would in, in a certain way singing would just give people something in a whole different different way um, so I just worked at singing and then I guess like where did you go with your kind of like inspirations? Like where, where yeah. what, how old were you when you decided this is where I want to be in yeah. however many years? I guess your yeah. goals, your life. That's right. I was at 17 years old. I had a mentor of mine um, in Canberra who who had done music and kind of had lived that life. Francis Owusu from Canberra. Great, great guy. And I told him, I said, bro, this is it. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And, and think about it. I'm a black kid. Nigerian born living in Canberra <laughs> it's ridiculous making really, this decision <laughs> to be like I'm going to be this like international star that that's it and it was as clear as day and I think everyone hearing me when you know that you you, you something's in your heart and planted it's just clear you don't know how but it's clear your hunger for it and I told him and it's very scary to tell people that yeah because definitely. when you tell them it becomes real and it means you can fail. So I told him, 
he said uh bro i'll be honest with you it's gonna take it's gonna if you want this it's gonna take about 10 years uh, that's, that's a reasonable response i reckon 10 years <laughs> well actually no you know what he said it's gonna take five years oh wow five years that's what he said that's it'll take pr- about that's five, pressure. five years and i said bro watch me do it in three <laughs> <laughs> it took about eight years it's really for things to really kick off um and so yeah bro you gotta make that decision and and go but i was it didn't care like even now like it, it's 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 so it's it's a calling. It's not so much a choice. I I believe it's a calling. I think there's a difference. I think you can choose not. You can choose to ignore it. Mm-hmm. But when it's a calling, it it, it goes beyond. Uh, goes beyond how you feel. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like you couldn't ever really be happy if you didn't just pursue correct. it, regardless of the outcome. Correct. It's correct. definitely something to to use to inspire yourself. Yeah, for sure. I'm bro. sure we can all attach to that. That's it. Now. On that note, speaking yeah. of inspirations, I mean, what kind of artists inspired you to kind of go down this path? Yeah, um, I, I just, I man, male R and B pop entertainers that could do it all. Usher, you know, uh, Michael Jackson, obviously going back before him, James Brown, and then you know you had classic musical theater guys like Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, you had Jackie Wilson coming through entertainers that could just hold a mic ba 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 dance over here drop the mic down sing bang come back up <laughs> uh, like that man that's the ultimate that's, just that's, all the good shit yeah just all the good shit bro so um yeah that's the, i was like that's it that that's what i want to do it's a solo thing this is not a group thing i'm not trying to be in a group this is a solo thing well i guess we're so, gonna put something on from from michael jackson or something right it's only right there was never a, a time that you can't put on a Michael Jackson song. It's Michael Jackson o'clock every day of the week. Uh, and this one is called Human Nature. It's actually my favorite MJ song of all time.
Listening to Out of the Box and FBI Radio. My name is Serge Nikas. My guest today is dancer, pop star, performer Timomaji, aka Timomatic. Hell yeah! yeah. Now look, um, pop music. I mean, there's so many amazing things about pop music, but there yeah. are also restrictions to do with the genre in the sense that you know yeah. there, you know, you might not be able to explore your creative kind of ideas as much as you'd like to. I mean, are there, are there certain things that have annoyed you about working within the pop realm? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think pop music is misunderstood, mm-hmm. if anything. I think it more so less than what I've experienced working and creating it. Mm-hmm. It's more so being the way it's been received yeah. by the people in the industry. You know, seeing it as like a lower level thing because it's it's not, it may be deemed as less connected or less real or, especially in Australia, there's a, quite a divide between commercial radio and Triple J. It's like where do you and you can't like you know if you're bubbling on triple j don't be trying to cross over you know what i mean don't do that you can't have too many people knowing you or else you're not cool like (laughs) there's there's definitely that um um that that i i I would think that that's the most it's just the way it's perceived yeah yeah totally. i I believe you you it's like a court like you you go into what you love Mm -hmm. you know and you will usually find a synergy and a flow in the thing that you do, like if you love it. So, you know, my synergy and flow was in pop music. Like I said, like I grew up on the Jacksons, you know, my my sisters would, would, would catch me up on Whitney Houston and those guys, pop songs. My my folks would love the African pop music. My bro would, would, would catch me on the gangster hip hop and Tupac <laughs> and, and Biggie, but in a sense, it's like it's mainstream music, yeah. and I think the genre of I mean, now I, I don't think you can really define pop music into a specific genre. Definitely not. You Definitely know, hip hop is now the biggest genre in hip, America. Hip hop is like hip hop is pop music. It, it's pop music. It, like, it, That's mainstream hip-hop music. And it's, it's correct. It's mind blowing and it's amazing. It's the best thing ever. Urban music is pop music, and, it, and it's, it, if you look at it, it's fascinating because I mean, if you look at 20, 30, 40 years ago, yeah. pop music was rock music. 
And now it's just... There you go. I'm being hip-hop. It's the new rock music. It is. It's the new it's rock the music. It's the new band. rock. And so it's exciting. I think that more so now, now, than, now than ever because of the internet, I think artists are taking more challenges. There's a lot more music coming out. Um, the consumption level is absolutely insane. Mm. But um, I think for an artist, it's exciting to explore and to not be so genre-specific you don't have to be because mm. people are people are people are investing in playlists yeah track here track there track there you know what i mean so um there's a lot more freedom i think for artists for sure um, so yeah and i mean what about for yourself though because like you yeah. know you'd rebranded recently um a few years ago from timomatic to timomaji you know your family name i mean what was that how did that fit into the the theme of pop because I yes. mean, I can. You create a brand and Correct. then you change it. I mean, is well, that a big issue? Well, well, you know, for my FBI listeners, I've actually last year I rebranded back. Did you? Yeah, I'm, ah, I'm Timomatic. Okay. Again. Again. Um, and what was it? What was the reasoning behind that? It's so funny you say this. We had a conversation with this girl. She's online. She said, "Oh, Tim, I don't want to be rude." But you, you went back to your name. Like, why did you do that? And I said, oh, it's not rude at all. I'll just say it like this. There's, there's power in a known brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, at the time, I was going through a lot of stuff. A lot of dark stuff. Um, people in my camp were doing crazy things. A very close person to me professionally passed away at the time. And I was transitioning musically. And I didn't have guidance of what how to do it and i was like this sound is so different to what i used to do i need to change everything that's what i thought so i changed the name but what happened is, is people just didn't know who that was it, yeah. it's funny i thought people would just kind of no but yeah. it didn't happen like that i'm Especially talking in, like, like the close people yeah, yeah not knowing who is that guy wow it's me bro <laughs> it's me it's it's my name you're like oh we didn't know. So <laughs> there's just something about a known brand. And I believe that you could tra- change the products and the content and the marketing of the brand. But there's something about when a name has stuck, mm. there's power in it. Totally. Yeah. yeah so. 100%. Now, look, moving on to the music again. Yes. We're going to play something from Omarion. What, what are you going to play from Omarion? Yeah, Distance. This is one of my favorite tracks from Omarion. He's been a veteran in the game, been doing it for a long time, and it's got a very... Afrocentric feeling to this song, so this is distance. Awesome. The distance between our bags Let me feel like I want you. Put you in a red So girl don't get gone Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. 
out of the box and fbi radio my name is serge negus my guest today is dancer <laughs> pop star timo margi or as you would know him as timo matic yeah now look what are some of the highlights you've had in your career in terms of the artists you've worked with and, and traveled oh, yeah. with because there are heaps of them. yeah i've been a oh, man i've been blessed bro uh pitbull uh, uh toured with pitbull uh janet jackson Flowrider, wow. ricky martin uh Nicki minaj what was Nicki Minaj like? <clears throat> What's well, funny, like the girls, you rarely ever meet the girls. Oh, really? The, yeah, yeah, you rarely okay. ever meet the girls. They, they, they just do their own little they thing. They do their like, own thing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. What about the guys? Is it, were there any of the guys that were particularly kind of receptive? That... Bro, Pitbull, man. Really? No you would have never thought. This guy looked like a Colombian drug lord. <laughs> like, bald head glasses, Mr. World. Why? Like... <laughs> He was the nicest dude I've ever met in no this industry. Way, you're kidding. I swear to you, to this day. Maybe that's how he got it. Like, maybe yeah. that's how he got there. It's just because of how oh, good a guy oh, he is. He's, he's just a network master. Like, he just make, it feel, make everyone feel like family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. I, le- I learned a lot from that. Yeah. You know, he would message uh, me before and after show. Man, have a great show. How was your show? You awesome. know, come have a drink with us. It was insane. So, in terms of like singular, unique experiences, yeah. what was one time that just blew you away? Where after you'd done it, you just sat back and went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> um, man, what one of them? Because um, at the time, I was touring with two dancers, my boys, and we did a we supported Flo Rider at a pool party event, and we finished the show. And it was cool and performed literally in front of the pool. And it was just wild. After after the event, it's just the pool party that happened after. Like, the, the partying was on other levels. <laughs> Absolute other levels. I think one of Florida's people actually got arrested. That's how, like, that's how crazy it got, man. Wow. That's how crazy arrested. it got. Arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts was this in the world? This is in, this is in Townsville, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy Townsville. So, <laughs> that was the craziest moment, definitely. That is so funny. Yeah. Just, sorry, one second. Easy. No. Uh, <sighs> getting calls so i think from other guests it's all good oh, yeah, um yeah. 
Okay, cool. I'll just um, I'll ref- after finishing that, I'll cut into it at Townsville easy, and just be like, what bro. are we going to play next? Wow, well, who would have thought that Townsville could have been somewhere you could have such a wild bro, party? That's it. <laughs> no exactly. way. Well, look, uh, moving on to the music, you got something here from Malik Berry. What, what's this track? Yeah, this is called Control. Malik Berry is a Nigerian boy artist. Again, this is a very Afrocentric, Afrobeat track. Um, just a fr- uh, man, it's the, it's the future. Afrobeat is the future. I said it first here on FBI Radio. <laughs> it's taking over the world. So um, watch this space. Malik Berry, Control. You 
been listening to Out of the Box and FBR Radio. My name is Serge Negus. My guest today has been Tim Amaji, otherwise known as Tim Amatic. Now, look, you're about to star in a play in the Heights at the Hayes Theatre, starting in the 16th of March or something like that, I believe. Yes. Tell us about this play, because this is a bit of a move in a different direction, right? Yeah. I mean, I actually did a play, Family Musical, in 2010. So, uh, it's my second musical. Mm-hmm. Um I don't, yeah, I'm not a musical buff, <laughs> um, you know, but man, it, this musical in the Heights is, is nothing like you've you've ever experienced. In what way? Uh, the writer of it's called Lin Manuel, and mm. and the music is based around hip hop. Awesome. So, um, you know, the first thing, the way it opens up, is by a rap, like so. From Washington Heights up at the break of day, I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. That's how it starts. No so way. that gives you an idea of like this is something else. So um yeah, it's it's two days in the life of this community, uh majority being Hispanic community in Washington Heights, hence in the Heights. Washington Heights is is, is in New York City. And uh, it just goes through their their struggles, their triumphs, what happens when a lot of money hits the community, um, you know, the love relationships, you know, all this. This is cool, bro. It's very cool. It's quite gritty, um, and and it's and it's on this foundation of hip hop and Latin music. That is so awesome. Just, I've literally never heard of a play that yeah, sounds like that, bro. That is crazy. You got to see. And it. how can people get along to see it? You can go to haystheater.com.au for tickets. Cool. It's at the Hayes Theater, which is in Elizabeth Bay. Um, and we are on from March 16th to April 15th. So, look, if, you, if you're into something new, if you want to try something new, something fun, something that you're really going to vibe to, come check this out in and the Heights. You, and if you love hip-hop, obviously. There you go. If That's you love awesome. hip-hop, get into Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Well, look, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We do have time for one last song. What, yeah. what are you going to chuck on for the last track? This is the title track from the musical, the official soundtrack, In the Heights, so you can get a vibe of how the show is going to be by Lin-Manuel, who actually also wrote uh, the script for Moana. Moana. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Boom. Well, here it is. It's In the Heights. See ya. I am snotty and you probably never heard my name Reports of my fame were greatly exaggerated Exacerbated by the fact that my syntax is highly complicated Cause I immigrated from the single greatest little place in the Caribbean Dominican Republic, I love it Jesus, I'm jealous of it and beyond that Ever since my folks passed on, I haven't gone back Oh damn, I gotta get on that I'm getting tested, times are tough on this bodega Two months ago, somebody bought Ortega's Honey, just started packing up and up and ever since the rent went up, it's gotten mad expensive, but we live with just enough. In the heights, I flip the lights and start my day. There are fights and endless debts and bills to pay. In the heights, I can't survive without a bill. But tonight seems like a million years away. And Washington, me and my cousin running just another day. Doesn't mom and pop stop and shop And oh my god it's gotten too darn hot Like my man Cole Porter said People come through for a few Cold waters and a lottery ticket Just a part of the routine Everybody's got a job, everybody's got a dream They gossip as I sip my coffee It's smirk the first stop Cause people hop to work What's it? I like One dollar, two dollars, one fifty, one sixty-nine I got it, you want a box of condoms
times one kind that's two quarters two quarter waters the new york times you need a bag for that the taxes added once you get some practice at it you do rapid mathematics automatically send the maxi pad but the best for taxi cabs practically everybody's stressed yes but they press through the mess bounce checks and wonder what's next in the heights i find my coffee and i go Like choking on the heat The world spins around while I'm frozen in my seat The people that I know all keep on rolling down the street But every day is different so I'm switching up the beat Cause my parents came with nothing They got a little more sure we're poor But yo, at least we got the store And it's all about the legacy they left with me is destiny And one day I'll be on the beach with Sonny writing checks to me Radio 94.5.